At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Crystal Blesson of Kitchen and Garden Chronicles to talk about her experience with cooking homegrown food and writing about it. Crystal is a writer, horticulturist, and cook. On her blog, Kitchen and Garden Chronicles, she posts recipes developed from her garden and her knowledge of a lifetime of cooking from basic pantry ingredients. How cool is that? Crystal was influenced as a child by the beauty and abundance of agriculture in the East Bay area of San Francisco. This directed her educational path to the University of Hawaii, how cool is that, where she studied tropical horticulture and later worked in the interior scape industry. From then, she focused her gardening efforts toward container applications in Arizona and worked as a writer, public speaker, and talk show host. Welcome to the show today, Crystal. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I shared a little bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path that you took to get where you're at today? Well, paths are always interesting, and it's a great analogy for all of of us gardeners who like to create paths in our own garden and lives. And I think one of the most interesting and driving aspects of what created my gardening perspective in life mm-hmm. is the fact that I just really grew up in, in California, right right in the heart of the San Joaquin Valley in um, the East Bay area. You know, and walking to school was through vineyards and blooming mm-hmm. orchards that were filled with fruits and nuts. And I just thought the world operated uh, like a, <laughs> a little Eden. Right. And, um, you know, it's not until you grow up and get out of the situation like that or, or in, an, in an area like that uh, where you find out it's just not the case. Right. So it was just had always been a part of me and because my family all lived there, um, we all just had access to fresh produce and, and fresh everything. Mm-hmm. And so we learned to cook from whatever was in the garden, everything that w- was in season at the time either showed up on holiday tables or showed up, mm-hmm. you know, in the pantry canning. So what to do with the food after you grew it was just a natural way of life for us back then. And, and it's it remained. So that that's what brought me to this point here today with Kitchen and Garden Chronicles. Perfect. And so you you have a degree in tropical horticulture? I studied tropical horticulture for three and a half years while living in Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, it was like magic. It was very similar in experience to California. Uh-huh. Everything was just bigger. <laughs> the oh, bugs right. were bigger. The plant leaves were bigger. And I loved the science of horticulture. Mm. And when I you know, figured out that that was the degree path, my natural incl- inclination toward agriculture, horticulture, um, I chose tropical horticulture because I, I like interior design and balance and harmony. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the uh, tropical horticulture studies that I had done was about how to take the plants ah, and, um, and put them inside, put them inside, cultivate, propagate, start things from grafting, those types of things. Fantastic. So you, you melded tropical horticulture with this interior scape and, and what did you do with it? Well, I worked in the industry Mm -hmm. as a designer, and I created huge interior gardens in central Phoenix and at the major hotels, um, corporate centers, and airports. And I'm, you know, was was charged with figuring out how to produce sub-irrigation technology that would keep a 30-foot ficus tree alive along with all kinds of other exterior plantings and it was a lot of science design and then just beauty that Mm -hmm. that was left and and I enjoyed it I was also a writer in that field I still am in a writer in that Mm -hmm. field I was first published uh, when I was 21 wow congratulations thank you it was a few moons ago so Uh I've been at it you know a little 20 plus years here and uh in 2003, with my love for interior scaping and, and tropical horticulture, I wrote an article for Farmer's Almanac, and it's called The 10 Easiest House Plants to Grow. Oh, nice. So that was on the cover in 2003. Wow. It, yeah. Congratulations. So I, thanks. <laughs> I just can't get away from it. <laughs> nice. Just, if I'm not writing about horticulture and cooking, I want to be talking about it. Uh-huh. You know, I I feel like I'm really blessed like that. I I get to do every day what I feel like I was put here on the planet to do, which is talk about gardening. Oh, you know, it just doesn't get any better. Yeah, you know that is so true. Hey, you mentioned a word, sub irrigation. Can you what what tell me about that? Well, sub irrigation is basically a a big like mini. Um, it's like. Uh, part of a hydroponic unit where uh, you have mm-hmm. a holding tank. So it's a holding tank that goes underground. Some of them are put into also above ground uh, planters, mm-hmm. huge planters that are in office complexes and malls and what have you. And sub-irrigation basically is, is uh, pipes and timers. Um, you know, you use flow technology wow. to take care of the entire root system mm-hmm. in a in a contained capacity. It's completely contained. Contained. Oh, very water, good. Water water cannot leak out. That's mm-hmm. a bad thing for malls. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a bad thing. So that's sub irrigation. So Got you it. create that a soil like condition for the plant to grow in. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. So you you also have a blog. You write. Right. So it's called the Kitchen and Garden Chronicles. Tell us about that, and how long have you been doing it, and what do you write about? Well, my my son and my daughter-in-law actually encouraged me several months ago to start blogging because I talk about uh, my cooking, what I'm making, and I invite people over a lot, and I'm always in my garden and mm-hmm. sharing things. And it was a way to um, really start to share what I do every day um, in, a, in with a larger 
audience and in a, in a greater setting than my family and friends uh, who were very appreciative. And so I thought, well, they helped me come up with the name Kitchen and Garden Chronicles. It's WordPress. So it's WordPress.com. They kept me, helped me uh, come up with the title. Uh-huh. And uh, then I just started with started what right. I was starting that day. And I was, I was starting uh, with homemade pizza. Thin crust, crispy pizza with basil from the garden and nice. Swiss chard from the garden. <laughs> nice. And that's it. Great. So tell me, tell me some more of the articles you've written recently. Recently, I've also written, in addition to the pizza, I'm starting one on how to um, start a garden from seed. Oh. So I'm collecting seed photos and all my photos from last year that I've taken on on the garden that I I have pictured on my on my website, mm-hmm. um, how that progressed from a seed garden to the lush pictures uh, that are on my blog. And I, I, I know I was influenced by living in Hawaii because I like oh, things yes. really packed Green. in. Yeah. Oh, and big, great big squash leaves and, uh, you know, wildflowers and great big pots of Swiss chard and everything all just kind of m- together and mm-hmm. growing tightly so that's some of the things that I'm writing about right now um, I've written about uh, chicken and making meatloaf it's, <laughs> it's actually fairly simple food but it's techniques and ingredients that you can afford not everything's all organic but mm-hmm. most things are and I stay completely away from anything that has any chemicals in it right so it's really about how to f- how to source and find things in your pantry the grocery store and in your garden to build food that's really good for you mm-hmm. and affordable Perfect. So you're, you're growing stuff in your yard. You're bringing it into the kitchen. Right. What 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 are you growing right now, and what are you making right now? Well, I just made myself lunch. <laughs> tell me. And, uh, tell me about it. Yeah. It actually was something I had in my pantry. I had some frozen um, organic squash. Uh-huh. I had some frozen organic. Um, ginger cubes and I put that together with about four or five cups of water uh-huh. turned on the heat added a little bit of salt and pepper and uh, then a dash of canned milk and it was just creamy and luscious and warm and nice good. nice and the squash came out of your garden yes yes fantastic yes. fantastic yep. I, and I had harvested I use my freezer a lot I, I tend to freeze more than I can mm-hmm. just because it's so quick and easy and you oh, go I through know. it quicker oh I know I bought a I bought an extra freezer because of that. It's so, you know, it doesn't take much time at all to, uh, you know, to free, to freeze or to the other, on the other hand is dehydrate. Do you do any dehydrating at all? All my herbs. Yeah. I don't have a dehydrator, but I do grow a lot of herbs. I give them away as gifts. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I'll package them up into paper bags and, and put my little garden stamp on it and uh, off they go. I also collect and save a lot of seeds if oh. I want to grow something yep. next year. Yep, really usually- important. I buy it organic, uh, like an organic pepper at the grocery store, and I harvest the seeds and plant it. Perfect. Can you tell us about a time you failed and how you overcame that failure? Well, I have a funny story. Please. Uh, and 
it seemed like a tragic failure at the time. Um, it, it, it <laughs> most has of a them, silver lining. <laughs> most of them do. Uh, I was actually living in a small rental here in Wickenburg, mm -hmm. and I had a puppy. And in the rental, it was a sloped backyard and uh, kind of moderate soil. So I'd gone out and I'd purchased all these bags of good soil. Mm -hmm. I tilled it. I toiled and tilled and planted. And I had a design, of course, in mind. So. I had rows of this and rows of that and pathways. Well, my little puppy dog got out there mm -hmm. after I had done my design work, mm -hmm. and she went out there and she just dug everything up. <laughs> and every hole I had planted something, and I had zinnia, sunflower, lots of different squash and tomato. All from seed? So, all from seed. Oh. So they... They were, she just made mounds, and all along the, the out exterior of the yard mm -hmm. was now this walking path because <laughs> she apparently wanted everything in the middle. Well, I just thought, I'm just going to water it. <laughs> of course. I'll just water it and see what grows. Right. And, and this is sort of, it's sort of a philosophy of life if you look at it that way, if you Please. just water it. You know, you just water things and see what grows yeah. every day, no matter what's happened to your plan or your design mm -hmm. or how you thought your day was going to go. Just water it. And don't get mad at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get mad at the dog. Exactly. Well, I had this right. I had this picture in my mind when you when you started telling this story. It's like, oh, my gosh. So you planted seeds and the dogs just mixed it all up dogs just mixed it up and it was one of the most beautiful gardens I'd ever had. I'll bet. <laughs> How cool It was that? mounded gorgeously here and there and everywhere. Yeah. And what I had learned from it is that birds, because my, um, my squash germinated first mm -hmm. and birds don't like to stick their beaks and their feathers into the little pricklies in the squash. So all my other seed just had this squash cover. Oh, and that's I, and amazing. I yeah, of and course. I still use that concept. If I want, like out here in Wickenburg, I love grown sunflowers. Right. And I always plant two squash and, and a couple of sunflowers together. Yeah. Wow. That That's, you know, I have this, uh, I have this memory right now of about 25 years ago, I was fighting nature. I had this basil plant in my backyard and, uh, you know, you buy basil for the leaves, right? Well, this thing wanted to make flowers. So I, you know, I kept going out there once a week and just, I cut off the flowers and I'd come back a week later and I'd cut off the flowers and I just, I kept fighting it and kept fighting it. And I finally, I just threw up my hands and let it flower out. And within three or four weeks, there were bees everywhere. Oh, <laughs> there were, you know, there were bees everywhere. And, it, you know, my lesson was, you know, it's like you just let nature be and, yeah. you know, you, the dog went in there, did what the dog did and, and, um, you know, you just watered and and discovered. There's and that discovered. that nugget of discovery in there. Is mm -hmm. for me, I've been gardening here in the valley in the in the desert for forty years, and it's like, oh yeah. The yeah. So, you know, put the squash in first so that it kind of squash in first. Hi, yeah, yeah. it hides everybody. Yeah. And even the ants really don't come in and try because I've had ants, uh -huh. big ants out here. Oh yes. Yeah. Steal my sunflowers right out of the soil and off they go. Mm -hmm. Or the lizards try to take out, you know, like the new little new peas mm -hmm. that come up. And oh, there's just, if we like eating the garden, why doesn't everybody else? Exactly. So, but it's <laughs> something that happened 
probably about 10 years ago and I've carried it with me and I've yeah. shared the story with people and of course they, they get it. a, you know, it's a hoot. love it love it love it so what do you consider one of your biggest successes around all of this I believe it's in as far as cooking goes it's being able to take some of the most natural and simple ingredients mm-hmm. and apply technique and elevate them and create really fantastic simple and affordable food mm-hmm. uh, using some some you know technique in cooking and spending time and enjoying the process yeah and uh, you know I enjoy sharing my food with people so that's been a success is just learning learning how to take very few ingredients and elevate them into a form that they are just very good and if you scrumptious Yes, get to start with good ingredients anyways, like something from your garden or a tree, you know, fruit from your tree. You're halfway there. You know, you're really halfway there. Fantastic. That's as as far as cooking and and as far as gardening goes. um, I think the interiorscaping really taught me how to use a container in a variety of ways. Uh, For example, my two fruit trees that I have are Mm -hmm. in containers. Oh, nice. And in, in my apple tree, there's beans growing at the base. Oh, yes. And in my plum tree, there's spinach growing at the base. Nice. So I'm always using um, using things. And for my propagation, I have some ornamental plants. Like a, it's a silver and purple wandering Jew. Mm-hmm. And I'm propagating it so that I can put it underneath my tree that has a lot of shade. Because I know it'll grow there and provide some color. Oh, yes. So I've got all my my rows of little terracotta pots with the starts in it mm-hmm. and I wanted to propagate sage so I took my sage cuttings and I put them in with the purple and the silver and it, they're just doggone pretty oh nice the sage in, in them all mixed up yeah. so I think that's really been one of my uh, great successes nice. is being able to utilize all my containers every maximum space and the space in between for when something needs to vine yeah <laughs> You know, one of the things I'm noticing in permaculture, are you familiar with that term permaculture? I am. Yeah, I yeah. like to call it the art and science of of working with nature. And what I'm noticing is that you observe a lot. You spend, a, it seems like you spend a lot of time observing in your garden and learning from the observation. And that is the basic tenet of permaculture is go out and observe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you have to start. I mean, we're all, as gardeners, we're looking at the, the, the same elements. You know, we're looking at space, soil, light, mm-hmm. and temperature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what can we accomplish? What might um, feed that? Yeah. What, what can you do to, you know, create a garden out of that or something, you yeah. know, sustainable? Perfect. So here's a deep question for you. What drives you? Like, what's your big why? I believe it's the need to be creative every day. Mm-hmm. To to be creative and to find a balance in things. I like my garden to have a certain balance look to it. I like my food to have a, a balance taste and texture. Mm-hmm. It's all really creative. If I wasn't being creative either through writing or gardening or all the animals that I have out here on yeah. Lesson Farm, um, <clears throat> you know, I'd... It would be boring. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we haven't talked about that yet. Do you have animals? What kind of animals do you have? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I have three horses, Uh and two of them are are wild mustangs that were adopted from the wild mustang herds in Nevada. Mm -hmm. 
and they were little eight-month-old, just little babies when I got them, and, and now they're three. So they were just wild little young things out there, and, and I, I took the time to gentle and, and train and uh-huh. coax them back to health. So that was very interesting. I have three horses. I have five big dogs. Uh-huh. I have one cute little goat, and our newest addition this year is a desert tortoise. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she just waltzed into the yard and <laughs> made herself happy in the courtyard and just didn't seem to want to go away. Mm-hmm. So we adopted her. Nice. Nice, nice. So I'm all about education. And I have to know, is there one book that has been most influential in this process for you? Uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yep. When I was in my early 20s, and uh, when I moved here to Arizona, I went to ASU and and I got a degree in interpersonal communications, and that was the driving force behind it, was reading that book and understanding how you can really be accountable for your relationships. Oh, yeah, that's that's huge. I uh, mm-hmm. inter- interestingly enough, I actually did in high school in 1978. I did the uh, Dale Carnegie course that they were offering here in town. So, did you? Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest one. And the as far as horticulture goes, mm-hmm. my biggest influence has been Luther Burbank. Oh, yes, yeah. It, now, is there a specific book or just all of his writings? Just anything. And we studied that a lot in tropical horticulture because mm-hmm. he, you know, he's. He's the founding father of so many uh, produce crops that we commonly eat today right. and, you know, the techniques of grafting, mm-hmm. uh, weaving. He can weave a plant, you know, a ficus tree into beautiful architecture, sculptures. I mean, he was he's just amazing. I think he was very gifted from God. Wow. Yeah, and, and so th- they named a, town, a little town after him, right? Yep. <laughs> um, in California. Burbank, California, yes. Yeah. So any final piece of advice for our listeners? Well, the advice I would say is uh, to keep experimenting. Mm. That, you know, real gardens don't always look perfect, but they can be perfect places to experience uh, growing food Mm -hmm. and sharing that food with your with your friends and family or you know if you want to take it into an entrepreneurial pathway then you know really just allow yourself to experiment with your gardens a a place to play and have a good time and you know i just don't sometimes you get to taking things too seriously just (laughs) go out and play in your garden and have a good time yeah exactly and i love how you giggled when you said that that's perfect so how can our listeners get a hold of you well, they can contact me uh, through my email, which is Kitchen and Garden Chronicles at gmail.com. Perfect. And or your they blog? They can visit me on my blog. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. And we'll have that on the show notes page. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us, Crystal. It's been a treat getting to, getting to chat with you all about urban farming. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate uh, chatting with you this afternoon. It's been fun. Absolutely. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. 
You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.